That's a hot take. That's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. (laughs) No, goddammit. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like... Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? I think you can probably hear me, Chris. Hello. Awesome. Welcome to Hot Takes, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We're really excited to have you guys here. Uh, For any any new people, Hot Takes is a vaporwave talk show uh, where we uh, debate, discuss, argue, and geek out about pretty much anything we want. We bring a special personality on every week. Uh, This week, of course, as you can see, the wealthiest man in vaporwave will be joining us later. But for now, uh, just want to say there are no such thing as uh, guilty pleasures on hot takes. There are no such thing as um, unsolicited opinions on hot takes. There's uh, plenty of time to rib each other, but we don't do any shit talking on hot takes. So, blow up the chat. Obviously, if we can't hear good, if we don't sound good, if one of us is too quiet, too loud, music is too quiet, too loud, please let me know. Uh, For now, I'm Young Shiro, and this is... Skeleton Lipstick. And we're going to start the night off thanking everybody for joining us, and we're going to talk about some recommendations that I have for everybody in the vapor and vapor adjacent realm. I actually have three recommendations tonight. First thing I want to do is shout out Groovy Kaiju. Groovy Kaiju just released a new album on Pacific Plaza Records called Woo! Destroy All yeah. Monsters. Great album. Fantastic album. Solid future funk. Lots of fun. Groovy, if you guys have never met him, is one of the nicest, most encouraging, most positive, uplifting people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. Full of charisma. So happy to have him in Rosewood. And the reason that we're recommending, besides all of that, is he featured us in one of his tracks. It was a big honor. So, check out Destroy All Monsters by Groovy Kaiju ASAP, because it is the shit. Second thing, I want to shout out an album that I recently uh, downloaded by Trademarks and Copyrights. If anybody is not a fan of Late Night Lo-Fi... Um, well, if anyone is a fan or isn't a fan, you should check it out either way. Uh, Trademarks and Copyrights is kind of one of those artists that kind of flies under the radar. He's got a pretty big back catalog. Uh, a lot of the stuff uh, that he does is very much of the smooth, cool jazz uh, variety. But he put out an album um, a few years ago, I'm so sorry, called Midnight Drive. And Midnight Drive is very, oh, it's very... it's a great album. Right? Okay. That's, that's what you're going to recommend? I, I didn't mean, know that's what you're recommending. I'm, I love that album. I'm late to the game. I, I take a long time finding new that's music. That's a good one. And uh, something's on my no, camera. This is bothering it, it, me. There we go. It's impossible to... Um, you know, there's... To, I figure out, like, albums that are released in 2014 all the uh-huh. time that I didn't know about. Um, like, apparently, oh, Trademarks and Copyrights is now making reggae, Indy says. Which, shout out Indy. No He's idea. a huge reggae fan, if you didn't know. So I, I would expect him to know that. Um... Check it out. Oh, thanks for linking. Um, Porter linked it already. What a homie. Um, <clears throat> so, Midnight Drive, really good stuff. It's not so much late night lo-fi. I don't know what you would call it, Chris. Just kind of like like mid-tempo, like vapor funk, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say, shout out to um, my homie, who I thought was going to be in chat, 
Farplane. If you guys see Farplane in chat, Farplane is my buddy Vance, and he is my IRL friend from Vegas. There he is. Farplane in chat is working on some stellar material. Uh, Farplane is a bassist in a local, like, kind of chill wave meets surf rock band called Sweets. I met him at a George Clanton show. Uh, I actually saw him at George Clanton twice here in Vegas. And at Luzine. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Luzine. Anyways, the buddy Vance Farplane is working on an album that is transcendent. I've been uh, lucky enough to be able to hear some of the early, uh, early like cuts of what he's working on. And the best way I can describe what it sounds like, it's very dreamy. It's very ethereal. It's like if Equip and Telepath collaborated on redoing the score for Paper Mario or Paper wow. Mario Thousand Year Door on a steady diet of Slow Dive and Sweet Trip. Wow. Prepared that statement. Yes, I did. Yes, sir. It's extremely good. I cannot wait till it drops. It's dreamy. It's ethereal. It's shoegaze influenced. It's vapor influenced. And it's all original compositions. Cannot wait for you guys to hear. We don't even know what it's going to be called yet. Cannot wait for you guys to hear what Farplane has to put out when it finally drops. With that being said, Chris, you got a hot take for us tonight. Uh, sure. All right. So, um, okay, so stick with me with this one. Um, let's talk a little bit, a hot take about the... So, as artists and producers and people who create things, here's sometimes we get lost a little bit in the process of promoting and the process of creating interest in what we're doing right and we kind of occasionally get really hung up on that and we get really lost in our own ego and our own pride once in a while and it's really important hot take to remember that that stuff doesn't matter that that doesn't matter that creating things and trying to get admiration and care from that world from from the, in that avenue it's not the most important thing. It isn't. Um, and we all do it sometimes. We all make our thing and then we push it and we push it and then we start reveling in the fact that we are getting the admiration from people or we start reveling that we're getting the recognition and that's really nice and that's great. But it's not important. It's not the most important thing. And it's really important to just stop listening to your pride sometimes and start paying attention to your feelings. Right, and start thinking about the people who like you as people, right? Yeah. And start thinking about like the people that. who support you as people, and to stop doing a game where you're just getting mad if you don't get enough likes, or you're competing with other people because you're not getting enough likes, or selling enough cassettes, or if you get lost in this world of constantly trying to create things to continue to push forward your side's agenda, you're gonna lose the meaning of the art you're making, and you're just gonna be producing stuff for the sake of creating this machine. And well said. You know what? What I'm not even done yet. <laughs> like what's going to happen is that you're going to confuse admiration and achievement for love. You're going to confuse that and it's not the same. It's really important to connect with people. It's really important to recognize people's feelings. It's really important to recognize your own feelings. And it's really important to not dismiss them and to push them aside. I think that happens sometimes and I know it's happened to me. Absolutely. When we get lost in our own work and our own, um, in our own, our, what we do and what we create and what we're, we're doing. You know what I mean? We get lost mm -hmm. in our pride. We get lost in our ego and we confuse admiration 
or in, or even inspiring people for love and for connection and for feeling. And we think sometimes that we don't need the other things. We think that we don't need to connect with people. We don't need to recognize feelings because whatever, I have all these people that like me. I have all these acquaintances or all these fans or all these right. whatever. And we think that that is love and it's not. And love <clears throat> comes from listening to your feelings and connecting. It doesn't come from pride. It doesn't come from ego. It doesn't come from achievement. Inspiring, inspiring people and achieving things is great, but it means nothing if you're not connecting to your heart too. And you got to do that. You got to check in on yourself or you're going to lose things. You're going to lose connections with people. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you don't want to do that. You want to love people, right? You want to love the people that love you and not ignore that. And also, you know, I remember Fiber when he was on last week talking about how he made sure he sang that song for his girlfriend when he did his set. And, you know, Fiber is a guy who's working a lot trying to achieve a lot, doing a lot of things. You know what I mean? He's always busy putting together a studio. You know, he's concerned with achievement and admiration too, but he knows to connect, you know, with, uh, a lo with the love person, with the person who loves him in his life. So like, that's another oh, thing yeah. too. It's like, if you have, if you have a partner that you love and who loves you and that you enjoy all the same things as them and you have a great time together, you know, don't get distracted by the achievement. Don't push that away. If you love someone, don't be afraid to love them deeply and strongly with all your heart. It's very important. It's very important to do that. You can't push it aside. It's really, it's, it don't confuse admiration and ego with love. And if you have somebody you love and they love you back, love as deep and as hard as you can. It's so important because at the end of the day, if everything else disappeared in, you know, if we lived in a place, in a world without any of the shit, without any computers, without any, any of these other things, without any books, without anything, like feelings would still be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I used to be somebody who didn't think feelings were that, you know, I recognized them, but I thought they would occasionally get in the way of getting things done. But, and I, I thought they would confuse things, but really at the end of the day, that's really all that exists is feelings because it's immediate. You would have feelings, and we would experience feelings even if everything else was gone. Even if there was no society, there was no vaporwave, there was no computers, there was no anything. Feelings would still be there. They would exist without anything else in the world, and so they're important. And it's important to recognize them. And, uh, yeah, and if you love somebody, don't be afraid. Love them as deep and as strong as you can. Okay, that's my hot take. Woo! Thank you, guys. Damn. Thanks for the lump in the throat. We got big love for I, you. I, I can't mean it more. You know what I mean? I just can't. You know, and I've had to learn these lessons, and I've had to learn them. I've had to learn these lessons. We got big love for you, okay. Chris. <clears throat> Woo! See? <laughs> got big love for you guys also in the chat. I, I love you guys very much. I care about all of you very much. You know, I, my heart is open very, very strongly. I think I think Porter will have some wonderful things to say about that. But real quick, speaking of love, uh, guys, it's Luxury Elite's birthday tomorrow. Shout out Luxury Elite. Happy birthday, Lux. Real quick before we bring Porter on, happy early birthday, Lux. Thank you for always being here and always having the links ready in chat. L in the chat for Luxury Elite. Also, um, you guys ready for, for Mr. Vaughn? Probably our most highly Ooh. anticipated guest. We got Porter on deck. Here to talk about maybe a little seminar, a little Q&A, a little roundtable session about what makes being an active, uh, passionate participant in Vaporwave so rewarding. Uh, say hello to the return of 
Mr. Porter Vong, everybody. All right, bring yourself in, brother. How's it going? Hi, my friends. Hey. Hey, what's up, buddy? Good to see you again. Chris, that was one hell of a way to open this. Uh, Sorry, I, man. I, uh, I, just wanna, <laughs> I had like, to say it that right away. Uh, I loved it. And, Thank you. Um, just to tell Thank everyone you. who's watching, uh, just before we went on the air, um, we were just kind of talking about this, talking about uh, connection. And um, I was talking about uh, how I haven't seen anyone in a really long time. Um, and a few weeks ago, I got to hang out with Strawberry Station and Indy and a few other people. Shout and it Andy. was pretty awesome. And up until then, I can't remember the last time that I actually got to hang out with anyone because I don't really have anybody. I mean, I have my family who, you know, I love them and I never want to take that for granted. And I have, um, I have the kind of friends where I meet someone at a place that I work or, or whatever the case may be. And there's a mutual liking there. There's a, if I ever saw you, I would wish you well and like want to talk to you, but I don't have anyone here around me who has the same interests. I don't have anyone that I can send a text message to and be like, hey, you know, let's get together. I mean, with the exception of people like Indy and Strawberry, but the only problem there is they're in the city and I'm about an hour north right oh, now. Oh, damn. And it's just kind of hard for me to get around, but I do want to get down there. But even more than that, I was just saying to Shiro and Chris before we came on, I can't wait to get back to the States. And that just all comes down to COVID and the border stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. But for me, Vaporwave really is my people. That's my tribe. And the Electronicons were the best social experience of my life because it was the first time in my life where I was ever in a space around people where I just felt like it's okay to just be me here and I belong with these people. I, I fit in with these people. Yep. At Electronicon, I could have walked up to anyone and just started a conversation and we yeah. would have found like some common ground. It just, it was amazing. And I've never had anything like that. Um, Cause I'm a huge shut in. I always have been. Uh, bullying was a huge part of my life growing up. Uh, growing up in a small town and where there's only one school and everybody knows each other and if you don't do well with that if you don't fit into that you're gonna have a bad time for the entire 12 years and that's, that's kind of what happened to me and it's okay you know I'm not dwelling on it today and I'm not bitter about anything but I do have to kind of look at how my life has progressed since then and realize that oh this is why I became so reclusive and this is why today I'm the kind of person who doesn't really keep in touch with people mm. um, it's hard yeah I'm, I'm just trying to, to yeah. think of where I want to go with this but connection I, the key word here I'm looking for is connection mm -hmm. um, you know Chris it's talked interesting. About it. I dropped it in again. the chat and just to, to kind of connect with exactly what Skelly was saying, connection is so much more important than yeah. people hitting like on my tweets oh, yeah. or yeah. the, the we forget, place we, numbers we, going up 
on my music. Sometimes and we lose that. Even sometimes. though I've been yeah. offline for so many months, in the mm -hmm. background, I've still had conversations with people, like in DMs or whatever, and it's all about connection, fostering connection, and, and that's connection is the reason that <clears throat> I'm here and people are in this chat and are interested in what I might have to say today because Absolutely. we have connection. Yeah, man, we love you. Absolutely, we love you big time. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any favorite memories from connecting with anyone in particular? At uh, the, I know I saw you at the LA Electronicon. I don't know if you went to the New York one, but I suspect you did. Oh, yeah. That's great. Sure, so yeah. I only got to go to the LA one, but I remember seeing you distinctly just chewing George Clinton's ear off at the after party that Chris hosted, uh, and I was just like, "Wow, he's really having a good time." But like, I really want to know what some of your favorite memories are. Uh, oh. <laughs> Where do we begin? Okay, so um, let's go electronic on one. Let's do it. Um, I'll, t I'll tell you a little story about that, actually. First of all, before I get to the favorite memories, um, just a funny little story. I almost didn't go. Wow. And, and when I say I almost didn't go, I don't mean I almost didn't go to New York. I mean the day of the concert when I was there, I almost backed out because... I was so nervous and just to give some context to this because I, I just realized not everyone was rolling with Porter Vong yet back then. I'm loving I this uh, DDS version of Porter. Reveal. Yeah, in, in the beginning I, I hadn't face revealed and that was a whole ass thing where mm. it was like Porter Vong's going to be at Electronicon, he's going to face reveal. Ah. Right. And George <laughs> Clanton was actually the one who told me Porter, don't do it. Don't face reveal. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Everything. And honestly, a few other people kind of agreed with that. They're like, oh, I don't know if like Porter Vaughn is going to work if he face reveals. I think it'll like kill the whole thing. And I kind of let that get into my head. And Damn. I, looking back, it's kind of embarrassing now. But I was just so nervous. He's back. Like, can, can I do that? Can I really show up and, and just be me and it's going to be okay or will everyone mm. abandon Porter Vong mm. and I sucked it up and I went and now I'm like that was the best thing I ever did for Porter Vong because yeah. that's when it really started becoming real the connections that I had with people and, and just everything it meant that's so, amazing dude yeah, that I'm so glad you chose to go anxiety's a bitch wow. dude well, you know, there's a lot of things and, you know, it's crazy the things that inform the way our behaviors happen later in life that happen when we're younger, right? It's just crazy how we don't even know that we're behaving a certain way, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then you have to look back so far to figure out when it started. And you didn't even know you were really doing anything that was a, a, an, an inconsiderate or bad behavior or a bad for yourself behavior, you know what I mean? Or, or a hurtful behavior to your own self. And then you just like, like you don't, you're mad and you're angry and you're, you're sad. And then you go back and look at your life, what shaped it. And you say, ah, fuck, I need to revise this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Past trauma has to be reckoned with, man, or it's going to bite you in the ass. It's hard, man. It, it has is. hurt me so many times for so long. You know what I mean? 
so yeah. many times, right? And it just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, therapy is helpful if you can afford it, or you know, <laughs> if it's available to you. <laughs> Absolutely, for uh, those of us on I, I will say that from I will say that from personal exp- personal experience. Good man, um, Porter, you uh, you uh, probably had some more to say about the uh, electronic on experience. Yeah, let me uh, circle back to your question about favorite memories now. Um, I mean, obviously there are so many, and I could probably take up the next couple hours just really getting into them. But uh, some favorites were meeting Pat Chennington. Yeah, that's oh, cooking. What's poppin', baby? I love Pad. He's so so much energy and, uh, and desire Pat. to help people and do things. Shout out Pad, who is code you know who has guest DJ Terminally Chill before. What a positive guy. Really, for real. Another great one was. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was at the after party, but uh, I ran into a quip. Yes. And he's, you know, he's been on the that, show before. That, yeah. Tonight we're all feeling pretty good. And a few people actually got to witness me basically giving a quip, a full blown seminar on like uh-huh. why he's a winner and, you know, Aww. why he's going to make it. It's very and sweet. It, it, I don't know. That was, It was just like, it was funny. It was heartfelt. It was everything. It was awesome. I Meaning love negative Gemini was really special for me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're a huge negative Gemini fan, right? I am. I love negative Gemini. I, I love her music. She's 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 very really skilled. special. Lindsay is a wonderful person. I remember when I saw you at the uh, after party, the terminally chill, by the way, after party after the L.A. Electronicon. <laughs> you had the, uh, I believe you had a negative Gemini beanie on, the bad baby beanie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Damn, yeah, we got some hot takes in chat about Negative Gemini. Apparently, she's very well loved. Very skilled uh, artist. Oh, we, we even got a Negative Gemini over George Clanton. Yeah, that oh. underscore douche kid, which, by the way, uh, complimented you earlier, Chris. Uh, saying, I know. Thank yeah, you saying very you're looking much. good, man. I really and, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Quite the Negative Gemini fan. And for good reason, honestly. Like, if you haven't listened to. Um, Bad Baby or um, oh, what's the what's the full length before Bad Baby Porter? Bodywork. Bodywork. If you haven't listened to Bodywork, if you haven't listened specifically to the bonus tracks, she goes. She's very multifaceted. She can produce all kinds of different, like house influenced music, uh, techno influenced music. Um, she's all over the place. She's hot take. She might be more multifaceted than George even is. So it's a good thing they're like you know a thing. Nice. That's a hot one. Sorry. Love George. Love George like a brother, but she's skilled, man. You know what? Let me chime in on that because I feel like the the instinct for anyone who, who like, hears negative Gemini is to compare to George and kind of go that route. Guilty. Right? And, and obviously, I understand why. I, I get it because they're so closely associated. But um, here, here's where I personally stand on that, okay? So I really do... I, I like Negative Gemini's music a lot, um, and she's a super cool, cool person too. Um, for me, I think it's just because the music she makes is the closest thing to sounding like how I feel, like especially nice. that that baby EP. I don't know. I just really connect with it. That's a really good the question that oh, you yeah. just asked. Like, I want to ask people now. Yeah, but oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go said, continue because I want to bring up a question after that. Even though I'm super, super into Negative Gemini as an artist, um, 
I'm also very, very into George Clinton. Uh, and it's hard for me to even pick a favorite album, but pound for pound, I'd say Slide is the only album I know that I would put on my all-time favorite list above, like, Loveless. Ooh. Where oh. yeah. it's like a it's like a best friend. I, I'm just so familiar with it. I'm so attached to it. it. It just has a special place in my heart. And, and for a long, long time, Loveless was kind of that bar for me. It was that was kind of like, oh yeah. If I was stuck on an island and I could only bring one album, that's my album. Sick. But Slide is way up there. Like so, I I got to give that to George Clinton for sure. I love that, dude. What are some other albums that you would put up there? Like George albums or just, just like in general? Like, I, I want to know the answer for both of you guys, actually. Like, if you could only have like three to five albums, what would they be? Top three to five. That's a hard one, I know, but. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if I could answer that. I, mean, but... I, can, I, I could uh, try to, I could try and think about that for a second. I could give you an answer today and then give you a new answer. I know, tomorrow. right? True. Yeah, right. That's how it'd be, right? Uh... That's the problem with being a music fan. There's so fucking much. Like, how am I supposed to go back with everything I've ever heard and pick five? I apologize for asking that question. I mean, I, I know, I know one. I, I've got. I mean, R, R plus seven by One O Tricks Point Never is oh, one dude. of mine. I know that. Oh, that's so good. I honestly could probably just pick three One O Tricks Point Never albums, right? Because they all sound different. I'd be would be fine. I, I could pick the most recent one as well. Honestly, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I could pick any One O Tricks Point Never album, any three that you want from his catalog, and that would be really good for me to listen to. But that, that's an e- that's a kind of an easy answer, you know. I don't want to really go with that, but that's my favorite artist. Um, uh, Russian Mind, uh, yeah, I love Russian Mind. That's actually one of my favorite ones. So I have, I, I, man, I'll, I'll release it eventually. But I, that's the Russian Mind album, the the um, Catalyst '85 album that I'm working on, which yeah. is a side ambient side project. That's it. Sounds a lot like Russian Mind. It uh, does. I'll, I gotta get that. I gotta get it mastered. <laughs> I gotta, Please I have, do. I think man. I have all my collabs on it now. Sorry. I really liked busy, what I heard from I will. it. Thank you, thank you. I just got Tower of the Sun's contribution to it, so uh, pretty recently, like about a month ago. So I'm gonna mix that in, and then I'll figure out who to send it to. I love Tower of the Sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The 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 Catalyst '85 album has Tower of the Sun on it. It has Golden Living Room on it. It has uh, Donor Lens on it. Hawaii '94 on it. Golden Living Room is so cool, Joel. Man, I have so. Oh, Winter Quilts on it too. Yeah. Oh, he's one of my favorite dudes. Um. He's one of my favorites. Uh, he's Joel. just a thoughtful, thoughtful guy. I actually, when I even started doing this album, I made sure I wanted to get Joel on it because I wanted his energy infused into into it in some way because he's got such an interesting spiritual energy to him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all of his vaporwave is like analog, isn't it? Like I want to, or maybe I at least know. one album. I don't know. I know. I have no idea what he does for his I feel production. Like I, heard I know that he plays guitar. I, I I had him play guitar. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyways, I'm sorry. I got us derailed <laughs> asking oh, about your favorite. I wanted to ask, well, I wanted to ask another question was, um, you know, I thought Porter made an interesting comment when he said that Negative Gemini makes the music how he about uh, it's the music, how he feels. You know what I mean? That's the music that is how he feels. Uh, Isaac, what's the music that is how you feel? Who, who, what artists, I'm not even saying your favorite artist, really, or even, like, you know, the artist you listen to the most. What's the artist that you listen to that's, that's how you feel? 
It's interesting. Oh man, right? that's really hard. I mean, and actually, that segues into a question that I'm going to eventually. I'm ask not even for saying. It. I'm not even saying. I'm not even saying. Like you know, it's it's a different sort of way of approaching music. Like, what's the music? Or how you feel? Uh, are you asking me to name names? Um, I mean, I have, names. I have like. There's probably multiple ones. Wow, that's really hard. Okay, the the easiest, quickest like answer I can give you is that I really resonate with music that has like a deeper vibe to it. So. Go on. I like music that's really sad, and I like music What's that's an really artist? angry. Um, Eric Dingus, if you want to go hip hop, uh, you've mentioned Eric Dingus so yeah. many times. I gotta, I gotta listen to Eric Dingus. Yeah, you do. Sewer Slut, um, Telepath is incredibly sad sounding to me. Not always, but but often. Um, oh, Telepath. You were talking about Telepath just the other day. You were talking about your favorite Telepath album, actually. And it was kind of a controversial yeah. pick. Do you want to talk about that for a second? But the well, answer well, is, I, mean, I like I mean, sad stuff. Yeah, you're right. Let, you didn't. Well, Sorry. Uh, so if I, if I had to pick one, um, uh, I would probably say, uh, I don't know, probably Clamps Casino. Yeah. Good choice, dude. That That's really sad-sounding yeah. music to me, too. I would say that would, yeah. No, yeah. That's that a really good question. It. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, it is interesting to think of music that way in terms of not how does the music make you feel, but what sounds like how you already feel. Yeah. True. That's a good point. Like mood music. Like do you have happy mm. music, sad music, angry music as well? or that, that first Baths album too maybe actually. Oh, dude. That when he gets to singing, aspect. have you seen him live? Yeah, just, I haven't. But just the, oh, the textures amazing. in that, the textures in that first Baths album. Yeah, I would say that first Baths album and like, yeah, and Clams Casino would probably you know, some of the way I feel. I think you know between those something between those two worlds. Yeah, man. Baths Baths is a little bit more hopeful, and Clams Casino is a is a bit more um, ethereal. When he sings that uh, that chorus and um you're my excuse to travel it's like i cry yeah. every time <laughs> oh and fuck i have to he's a lot of fun live i got to I see him twice. oh i have i have seen him live before. i was like he of course really you fun. have i forgot no i have seen him yeah absolutely i've will, seen both uh, i've seen clams casino and bats live before actually will weasenfeld familiar with that oh wow oh, check him out start. go ahead isaac take you can take this one. Oh, okay so i mean his first to be honest chris i'll be this is a hot take maybe I really only like the first Baths album. The rest of them are cool. Well, that's cool. why I no, that's not that, that's not a hot take. I, I said the first Baths album. When I, said, I, I discovered I Baths like thanks one. to Tycho's art. Yeah, the ones are blog. good. Yeah, Tycho's probably another. Oh, Tycho is another one for me too. Oh, probably yeah. actually, Ooh. now that you say that out loud, Tycho I'd say also very is emotional up there with music. Those, I would say, yeah, I would say those three. I've seen Tycho live also with a full band at that. Holy shit! Daniel just mentioned Silvermount Zion, bro. I used to put Silvermount oh, Zion on and cry all the time. I actually got to see them live. That was amazing. What about, what about Godspeed? How about that? Uh, you want to take Godspeed that one? Godspeed is another one. Is another one. I, I, I know. I, want, I figured you might be that. That's another one about how I feel. I also maybe like Lorne or something like that for me. Ooh, it's a shame DS dude's not here. He loves Lorne. Mm-hmm. I think like Anvil is one of the best simple songs ever written. I That's think, one of the greatest yeah. simple songs ever written. With that, I want to like, say I'm a... In the, you know, like in it. Beautiful. Yeah. 
I need to check that out. I, I've only heard a few Lauren albums, and I liked what I heard, but I need to hear just, more. Just check out Anvil, like, right now. Honestly, like, I have a song called Ruin the City by Skeleton Lipstick, and it's, it's like, my version of Are you serious? Song, kind of. That's a really cool Well, it's cool like me trying to, to do something that has that feel. Um, Chuck Loves Egg says, Porter, what stock should I buy? <laughs> Shout out Young Chuck. Um... You gotta get some uh, HTV to really good stock. HTV to hot takes vapor. Oh m no! <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Hot takes vapor is like this, depending on who <laughs> is uh, or actually no, we've had we had nothing but gold the whole time. Dude, it's it's a Monday. I'm you know, and also it's a Monday. I stop judging. What were we just talking about? Stop judging things by that. Judged by the connections, judged by the by the feelings. I'm oh good. my god, there's so much name dropping going on in the chat. Broken social oh, someone scene. Someone just mentioned Metaprise application. Oh god, broken social scene. What's that song by Broken Social Scene? Oh, that's another one for me, maybe. Um Diary of a what's the seventeen year seven what's the one like, like that? You no, know, drop that phone, you know, drop park those that keys. Lay, that one was that a car. very well known song. Be one of the rotten ones. Yeah. Hey, they're Canadian, are they not? Dream about me. Anthems for a 17-year-old girl. Thank you very much. That's they a good one. are Man, that's amazing like, live. If you guys haven't I love seen any, them. I love any song that has like a, a has like a coda, like an outro coda to it. You know what I mean? Like that it's just like the same thing over and over again and it's done successfully. Interesting. Okay. Huh. You don't like the old-fashioned just fade out? Oh, I do. I just, I, we talked to, I talked, we were talking to a quip about that too. How I like, when you have like a good like outro, it's like mm -hmm. perfect. You know, like. I don't know why, but I just keep thinking maybe not the best example. Like, Hey Jude has an outro, right? You know, okay. Like yeah. those are really when there's when there's yeah, good, good outros. That's a that very good point. Outro. So that song is a really good outro too. Or like I don't know, like what's that Donovan song? Was way down in the ocean, where I wanna be, she will be. You know, uh, Atlantis or whatever. A bunch of songs. Those are just the first three I can think of off the top of my head. I got to do a song with that. But anyway, anyway, what, what do we want to talk about next? What's happening? I there is so much exciting shit going on in the chat right now. People are talking about X X Y Y X X. I keep I, I, I keep forgetting like I I keep forgetting Bro. To, to say a question because I keep looking at the chat. I know, dude. Um, I guess I had a question that I really kind of wanted to connect to what we were it's talking so busy. about. Porter, do you have any like go to happy music, sad music, angry music? Can you think of examples for like? Is there anything that you ever want to just put on because you feel a certain way or you want to feel a certain way? Um, I generally don't put anything on to make myself feel a certain way. It's, mm. I, I'm pretty much always responding to, to where I am in the moment. Mm -hmm. But True. I definitely have mood music. Like, if I'm exercising, for example, right. I don't really want to be listening to telepaths. You know, that's when I'm more likely to Fair. listen to some future funk, which is something I might not listen to so much in any other context. Um, sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit energetic and I want to get some momentum, I'll just throw on some James Brown. James Brown is one of my go-tos. That's honestly. cool. And he has like a lot of really bad music. Okay, so I'm not like gonna sit here and be like, "Hey, man, James Brown has a ton of incredible music," but the songs that hit, like, yeah. make it funky, 
that's my jam. Like I'm all about that funk. I need it. I want that's it. That's cool. That's what gets me going. It it feels yeah. good. That's how I feel about like eighties R and B. Which yeah. thankfully sampled a lot in Vaporwave, so mm, just puts you in a good headspace. Jimmy Caster band. That always gets me pumped up. Mm. People are talking. Seriously, check out the Jimmy Caster band. Jimmy Caster band. You want to link it? I'm unfortunately not familiar. Um, I don't know. It's just on Spotify. Is that some classic shit? I'll just have to look it up. Me living under a rock. Uh, People are talking about Mike Patton and Dave Lombardo now. Oh, De- Dead Cross. What a yeah. uh, also Dead Cross, um, Fantomas. Also, Dead Cross, which also features uh, Justin Pearson from The Locust what? in it as well. That oh, that that's perfect. That? I think he like plays bass. Well, I think he plays bass in it. Um, I've seen Dead Cross live actually. That makes sense, man, because Fantomas and and The Locust are super similar, so I'm sure they would have some crossover. But Justin Pearson. I think one of my uh, favorite Mike Patton. Pro- well, actually, one of my personal favorite albums ever was. Uh, the EP that Mike Patton did with Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Irony, uh, Irony is a Dead Scene. Yeah, I saw him tour with that. Yeah, it's it's four songs, but it's great. Those four songs are just oh wow. Something else. I need to check I was that a out. Big fan, I, I was a big fan of Dillinger Escape Plan mm-hmm. uh, uh, back in the back in the day, especially uh, right, right, even after they did like Calculating Infinity and that album. Um, I'd seen them live. I saw them live one time, like way, 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 way in the way back time machine. Right now, I think like maybe even like late nineties. Is and um, I remember they came on and they played and all they did was like have a strobe light. Fl- this is like when they were younger too. All they did was have a strobe light flash the entire time they played. Wow. And they didn't say anything to the audience except halfway through their set, uh, they said, hi, we're American Angel. And then they started playing again. <laughs> that reminds me of when I saw <laughs> The I Locust. Remember, like, so that was like the thing too, is like, I'm not gonna, I know you guys, I know there are new metal apologists out there in the chat. I know there, a lot of you guys oh boy, have, like, get the created, soundboard ready. I know a lot of you guys have created some kind of hagiography around, like, fucking Linkin Park and shit, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I walked out of Dillinger Escape Plan in the late 90s, and there were, like, street team people from some fucking record label handing me, like, like a little single, a CD single for, like, that One Step Closer to the Edge song. Oh, and man. And we were, like, walking out of Dillinger, Dillinger's... I remember like walking outside after Dillinger's Escape Plan played uh, when they opened for Snapcase and like seeing this and I'm like, what is this fucking no? <laughs> like I just saw Dillinger's Escape Plan. I, 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 you, can't, I, you cannot go back. I cannot go backwards. <laughs> like I'm not interested in this. Oh this shit, is, that's I'm funny. not inter- I am not interested in this genre of music because I've already watched Converge play. Like you know what I mean? You like, didn't even I've like Incubus or the Deftones? Wait. Even Incubus? Incubus? Wait. Okay, that's... Okay, like that's... Incubus? Whoa! Like, Deftones, okay. There are I mean, that's adjacent cult. Deftones, they have, like, a bit of a cult following. I don't really... I don't listen to them, but I know a lot of people I respect listen to them and see something deeper there. I'm not into Where it. Where is um, I'm not into I know. I see... Enrail's not in the chat right now. Enrail's so going to be so that's sad. Why I can, uh, <laughs> no, I love him. And I, No, but me and Enrail, we could talk about dubstep, so we're all good, right? So that's Yeah, yeah, okay. true. True. Um, uh, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like you had to be... Like, if you were a little bit older like I am, and you already saw, you know, Coalesce and Converge and true. Earth Crisis, and then in addition to that, like, The Locust and a bunch of the like Scrams refused, music. Like, drive like shit. Or Refused, or Refused, you know what I mean? Like, I already saw Refused live. I'd already seen Orchid live. I'd already seen, like, Jerome's Dream, Page 99, Converge, Coalesce. 
Satia. Yeah, and now like I gotta go listen to this like knucklehead brain music that's for like fat guys in the Midwest. No offense to anybody. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. That sounded mean. Shut but, up, like, booger brain. No, I don't know, man. I don't like. I just like. I could never like. I'd already heard too much. Like maybe if I was like ten and that was I heard that music. You know what I mean? Like. Like I heard, you know, ska very young, like like third wave ska very young, and I got a big soft spot for that. So, but I'm sure. Maybe yeah, that's what ska, it is, man. It's nostalgia. But I'm sure if I heard ska, maybe like that kind of music when I was a little bit older, I might be like, I'm not. No. no like thanks. I heard Chevelle when I was an angry freshman, and I loved that. Listen, shit. I apologize. It resonated too. I know. I, I'm sorry, man. I, uh, Speaking he, of ska, one of he my said he's a new metal fan. Oh, Deftones like, system. That's fine. Mozzarella core. All right, B. <laughs> Third wave yeah, is totally mo- yeah, so B, exactly. B is saying it's mozzarella core. There's this really funny meme that's like ska is the music that third wave ska is the music that plays inside a kid's head when he gets an extra mozzarella stick <laughs> like in his meal yeah, yeah, when he finds funny. an extra mozzarella stick. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that's what she's referring to with that. Yeah, I'm definitely not into ska except there's Me this neither. one band. I don't know if it's technically ska or like an offshoot, but uh, Choking Victim. Oh well, choking victim is like yeah. And what's the other one? Um, uh, 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 crack. crack. Yeah. Oh, that's like a whole other. Oh, you guys are. Speaking that's like a whole, whole, whole leftover crack and choking victim. I, I would still call it like ska, but like ska that's like ska punk that's like doesn't care what it what you call it. You know, in the same way that like um, like okay, what's a good example? Like bomb the record industry or all the uh, the bands by um, you know, what's his name? Uh, you know, huge falling. Oh my god, I'm blanking. What's the artist's name? Guys, help me out here. Uh, Jeff, um, that's a, that's you on. guys, man. That's way outside my. Well, choking victim is another one of those guys. One of those those. It's like you. There are always um, Jeff Mangum. Yeah, no, is not Jeff Mangum. <laughs> that's no, not Jeff. Mangum. Oh, was that a joke? I'm sorry, guys. I don't know who Jeff Mangum is. He's also in the arrogant sons of bitches, and um, oh boy. Oh, the Wiz is here. <laughs> help us out, Wiz. You know who it is. Hold on. Jeff yeah, Rosenstock. Yes, thank you, Jeff that, Rosenstock. Shout out B and no, Jeff Rosenstock. Oh, there are just some artists who they are in the genre, but they are their own thing completely with their own following. Jeff Rosenstock, thank you, thank you. And Jeff Rosenstock plays, you know, he does music that's occasionally ska. He has got a bunch of bands that are ska, but like I, it's like its own thing. He's his own thing. He's like a, a monolith. He does his thing, and he's got a huge following. I've seen him live before. He's so much fun. It's like it's its own energy. It's its own thing, and it gets put in a category. <laughs> but like, just because you don't know where else to put it, it's just like there's so much charisma and energy and personality in it that it becomes its own thing. And then I say the same thing with Leftover Crack or Choking Victim. Yeah. Porter, anyway. question. <laughs> well, Porter. we always have to talk about spots. You know, it's been a while since <laughs> it, it does always spa, come around so. to that. Porter, it's if you could see any so act live, who would your top three live acts be? Go. I could see anyone live. Yes. That I haven't seen. Uh, you could say people you've already seen. Um, because because if I can say people I've already seen, I would do anything to see the Blood Brothers one more time. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Saw them during the Young Machetes tour. Mm, 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 I mm. never saw them live. They are a force live. Darn. What's really interesting about them loved. too is for as screechy and chaotic as the vocals are right they reproduce that sent those notes note for note live so it's, it's not unbelievable accidental. like they control that it's i know i can fully understand why they aren't for everyone uh was just talking about this with luxury elite a few days ago <laughs> right but uh, they're definitely for me and i'm really sad that they broke up so that's one i would uh, definitely see them again 
you ever you ever listen to any of the stuff that kind of sounds like them? You know that that maybe like is like a little bit that they're kind of from the scene from like the, the Scrams music from the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. You ever listen to that stuff? Uh, you'd probably like it if you like Blood Brothers. So and... stuff like Seisha, like Seisha is actually yeah. or like Circle I know Takes you the love Square Seisha. type stuff. One of yeah, my Circle one Takes of my the Square is great. Favorite things ever, but um, yeah, I was definitely more into that. Not so much into kind of the post-hardcore side of things. No, I'm like, more into that stuff too. Yeah, like uh, I'm a big fan of like Orchid, Page ninety nine. Yeah, Orchid, uh, Angel Reversal. Hair. Right? Ah, Angel Hair. Oh shit! Yeah, Angel Hair is one of the like the early ones, like with them like Mohinder and shit, man. Page That's like the gravity. Gra like, oh yeah. man, Page ninety nine is the band that I would like to see live again if I could. Um, they were they were so fun every time I saw them. Didn't uh, they do a split with twice. the Locust? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Hmm. Or, uh, who did this? Feel like Page Nine. Eraser, Eraser Rata did a split with the Locust. Um, who oh, else? Yeah, might have been somebody else. else. Yeah. My favorite split was the Jerome's Dean Dream Orchid split, seven inch, which was shaped like a skull. Oh, I haven't heard Bro. that. Yeah, well, so like that was like this. That, there was this uh, Scram's record label called Witching Hour, and like they would always put out like crazy releases, and they like went bankrupt because the the releases they put out were just too complex. Damn. Anyway, damn. The Wiz is saying refused. Hot Cross. Hot Cross, of course. I have hot. Not only not only did I get into Hot Cross, I have the test press of their first EP, A Set of New Lungs, and the test press of the Set of New Lungs is aluminum. And it's been folded, and it's like the test press is in the aluminum. They had like 50 copies of the show they did at an old venue in Philadelphia called Funrama, which was a basement. It was Robbie Redcheek's basement, I believe, and it was called Funrama. And they were selling the test press at that. It was 50 copies, and it was, yeah, aluminum foil, and it was like stamped with their logo on the front of it. And yes, so yes, I am familiar with Hot Cross. <laughs> I need to know what that means, Pacific Plaza. Shoegaze sucks outside. Why does it suck outside? Like watching it out, like watching it outside. That makes sense. That does feel like an the only music, shoegaze band I've ever been able to see was the Twilight Sad. I am oh, fun. very disappointed that the, they are so few and far between. It's so hard to find live shoegaze. It's easier to mm. find live vaporwave, I swear to God, than it is shoegaze. Yeah. Speaking of vaporwave and uh, and live and just vaporwave in general, Porter, what's going on? Are you are you working on music right now? Yeah, I've uh, so the deal with that is I haven't released anything in two years. Yeah, it's been that long. Damn. Um, and I've been working on music here and there, but uh, you know it was. Uh, it's hard. It was kind of a turbulent year there, where it was yeah. on and off, and it was. my dilemma right now is yeah. that the music that I was doing, yes, to follow up my last release two years ago and what I'm working on now has changed so much but I don't want to scrap the, the stuff I did a couple of years ago because it's good enough that it's still worth releasing but just you know I went from kind of continuing the style I was doing before to you know making some future funk and then now up to today I'm my thing is uh, moving towards lyrics and vocals and even trying Nifty. to bring in guitar because I want to make music with performing in mind. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a question now of how 
do I release some of that stuff that I've had done before, right? Because I don't want to just go with what I'm working on now and forget all this music that I worked on because I still think it's worth releasing. Right. Uh, so the, I think the plan for me is to do it just like I did when I started uh, Porter Vong and just kind of release track by track okay. and sort of you know recreate the path of success that was how I did it originally the originally class. I was just like release a song and it's like here's my new seminar everybody and everyone was like oh you know new song from Porter Vong and then they're left hanging for the next thing and then you lead up to an album where I really screwed myself um, a couple of years ago after I released my first little mixtape there was getting psyched out about oh I need to work on an album I need to be working on an album and because Porter Vong was the first time that I had really kind of gotten some attention because Metaprise was super obscure I could always do what I wanted and there was never any eyes on me but then inventing Porter Vong it's all of a sudden there was a few more eyes on me than I was used to and I just really let those expectations well. take me out um, and music just got to a point where it wasn't even fun anymore and I had to really stop and ask myself like why would I even do music if I if I'm not even enjoying it if it's like work yeah. like who am I doing this for, for? Sure. because it doesn't feel like I'm doing it for me and yeah, so my music, I that there was stuff that I had been kind of working on and then struggling with. And then it was only after I went off of social media and just kind of reconnected with myself that I was really able to take off because I just started making music, not thinking of whether I would release it or not, but just to actually enjoy it again, just to actually feel yeah. what it's like to enjoy the process. I love that for you. So yeah, there's there's uh, music coming. Um, probably, I'm going to put up a new secret of success this week. What? Yeah. Yeah. Holy what? Shit. Yeah, okay. I've been uh, working on some some stuff. Okay. Today, like, the oh, return. Wow. Yeah. How fun! I didn't see that at coming. Because at the end of the day, that's what my clients are really waiting for. I mean, my social media is fun. Okay, being on here, sharing money making takes, that's all well and good. But the winner's circle needs the secrets of success. And they've waited for two years. So it's time to give them what they've been waiting for. Wow. Is that like the first time you've announced this? Return of the Porter. Yes. Wow. That's Damn. like a hot takes exclusive. <laughs> How fun. Yes, How fun. this week, I'm not going to give a day in time. <laughs> Stupid soundboard. Well, please. Please at least clue me in. I can't wait for that drop. That's so much cool shit is going on right now. It's a it's a struggle. Making music is is hard. Um, you know, because especially when you have one way that you think you're gonna do it and then you decide to go in a different direction. You know, I've taken skeleton lipstick in multiple different directions and the one thing I always try to think is like, well this will sound different than other things I've done, but I want me and who I am to still resonate through it so there's a through line regardless of what kind of, uh, of uh, sounds I'm using or techniques I'm using to make the music, I, I always try to say, well, you'll still know it's me. Even if it's a little different than this song or this song's a little different than that song, you know, it's still me. 
and I think that's the the most important thing to do when you are an artist or in making music is to keep track of your identity and sometimes 100%. we lose it sometimes we lose it and when mm -hmm. we lose it we get frustrated and we get frustrated and we get sad and we lash out or we get depressed or we stop we, we withdraw you know what I mean and um, it's important to just when that happens look into yourself for a moment and just take a break look into yourself take inventory of the important things like you said who am I making this music for like if I'm not enjoying it why am I even doing it and I've been there before and I think everybody's been there before no matter what kind of art they're making or what kind of things they're doing right even what work they're doing I guess like what am I working here for why am I doing any of this you know what I mean I have these crises often about why am I doing this what am I what what why do I keep moving forward in this direction am I missing other things am I neglecting other things you know what I mean Damn, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. And the other thing too, uh, with with it my hurts, music, and it hurts that, people. I love you sometimes when you're like that. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm totally like that. Um, being someone who's already so naturally prone to withdraw. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've definitely learned in the last year is, you know, you can, you can be someone like me who tries to avoid harming people with what you do but mm -hmm. sometimes the way you harm people is with what you don't do and what you don't say mm -hmm. oh my and god yeah yeah when you don't uh, let yourself uh, be vulnerable uh, enough to yeah one of the worst concepts uh, ever yes that, like is uh the concept of emotional labor Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I'm I, like, there's a context for that where that term is valid, that idea is valid. But you know, I've seen people call uh, simply listening to a friend talk emotional labor. It's like, how disconnected do we have to be to get to that point where we consider basic human interaction and connection to be labor? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, you're calling it that because you don't want to do it, but I think sometimes you have to step back from that and be like, why is it that I don't want to give this time and energy? Or right. why is it, you know, that I don't want to I allow this? I have been so guilty of that, you know what I mean? For sure. I've been like, I don't want to hear what people are feeling. I don't want to deal with that. I've got other things to do. And the things I do that I'm doing right now, like, well, people like it. You know what I mean? Well, if I start listening to someone's feelings, if I start listening to my own heart or someone else's heart, or I let make myself vulnerable, if I give myself over in some way, then how am I going to maintain these other things I do? How am I going to maintain my job? How am I going to maintain the music? How am I going to maintain control? Right? And it's, uh, it's not true. You know what I mean? It's not true. You, you just if you do that, yeah, and you live your life like that, you you just you don't know anybody. You don't like have anybody, and it's then you have, what do you have? Your your things, your accomplishments, and what does that mean? What does it even mean? You know what I mean? You gotta have, you gotta. That's not emotional labor, like you said. Like you ha like you have to connect. You know what I mean? It's you're gonna, mutually you're gonna, rewarding. You really too. regret it. You're yeah. going to regret it if you don't. You're going to think you don't need it. You're going to think you're above it. You're going to think you do other things, and that's connection. You're going to confuse it. You're going to confuse other things and think that is connection. It's not. It's not. Don't just be aware. You're going you're gonna to burn for it if you don't. And, and intimacy isn't just, you know, sex or whatever. Like, it's just it's being vulnerable with people. And it's mm. almost always rewarding. I mean, yeah, there might be a few people that yeah. are like, 
oh, cringe, dude, or whatever. Most people, I feel like, are going to really, yeah, I really feel hate- encouraged by your vulnerability, and they're going to want to radiate that back. Yeah, man, I get mad. I get mad nowadays at all the memes that are like, ew, feelings. You know, they have like a right. feelings memes like, put this away. And like, I don't like how that's normalizing things. And I think I used to be like that, too. And um, I regret it. You know, it's shitty that I see these memes now that are like that. You know, we need to. It's not cute. <laughs> like that's, mm. It's not cute. It's not cute to think you're above feelings. It's not. It's wrong. Anyway, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> talk about another. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to change the subject, but the Wiz asked a really great question. Please do. Please he do. wanted to ask. Let's, let's talk. I don't know if this is directed specifically at Porter, but he wanted to have you identify an album by an artist where they sort of lost it. Going oh, back to yeah. what you were talking about, when someone like I guess like kind of like loses their their um, th- their groove or whatever. Uh... I will use my favorite band of all time as an example. Uh, and when I say my favorite band of all time, I just mean, you know, my sentimental favorite. Like, they'll always be number one in my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Eat World. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Jimmy Eat World. Clarity is uh, one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, Clarity would be one of my uh, Desert Island ones for that. Question. Perfect. But anyway, um, I'm going to put I Clarity mean, as another album of how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Actually, for that, yeah, back to that exactly. question, the album, uh, yeah, Clarity. Yeah, they. I think. I mean, fans will probably disagree with me on where they might have kind of lost it. To me, where they kind of lost it was when they made an album called Invented. And a lot of people would say even before that like way before that they lost it some people say after clarity they lost it hmm. uh, yeah some people for, some for people me, maybe until, get... uh, yeah they made an album called invented where it was kind of like okay i still really appreciate this band and their role in my life and i'll always have the connection i do with their music but i'm not really like invested in following them as a band or feeling like i have to listen to every single release or I'll yeah. listen to every single release but you know I, I won't prioritize it yeah I think Cursive lost it after Happy Hollow yeah I was not a fan yeah. of Mama I'm Swollen or anything after that what about you guys you guys are both fans I never right? listened to anything after Ugly Organ what I didn't, either. I didn't listen to anything after Ugly Organ Happy either, Hollow actually. was pretty good but the ugly organ, I feel like that and Domestica are like, oh, uh, which one's better? It's so hard to pick. You listen to uh, the Good Life at all, like the Tim Cathy yeah, side Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, new it's friend or whatever that song. She's got a new friend. Song is so sad, bro. Yeah, that was a good band. I'm not uh, as admittedly not as familiar. I'm a uh, I uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the Hold Steady, and I didn't particularly like anything after uh, With Teeth. Porter, what would you say would be Jimmy Eat World's most overrated song? I mean, I didn't thought that was one. I lost it. Most overrated song? Yeah, oh, name man, their most geez. overrated song. The middle. The middle. <laughs> no, I mean, for sure. That's so... That, oh, yeah. For sure. I even remember thinking, like, I don't really like it, this song, that much, when I even for the, first heard the album. I do like it. It's just obviously overrated because it's so huge. Most people think they were a one-hit wonder. or I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people, like, still think that was just their one song. They don't well, even then, know the isn't that crazy? Music. They need to go and listen to Clarity from 1999 yes. because that's yep. one of the best albums. 
uh, of that era. Probably one of the best albums of the 90s in general, in my opinion. Sunny Day Real Estate is huge for me. Ooh, were you ever much of an Appleseed cast fan? Yes, big time. Amazing. I got to see the low-level Owl 1 and 2 played in its entirety live one time. It was amazing. Jealous. Yeah, it was pretty cool. What's, 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 What's Quiz asking me? You don't like it? It just takes time. Um, you talking about uh, what, what? What are we talking are about? Are you talking uh, about new metal quiz? I was. I was. He talking about the whole steady or? We're back on new metal, huh? It's actually not even the album itself that's the problem. Or the it's just the way it's produced. You know, that's what I don't like about that album. The Wiz says anyway. Sufjan Stevens lost it in Age of. Oh, what is ADZ short for? You got to be kidding me right got now. Got it back you with Carrie and Lowell. Oh, go! Oh, oh, he said, "Okay, you saved it." Oh, yeah, he did lose it with Age of Ads. I thought ads. he said that after Age of Ads. No, I don't. I'm not terribly. I listen aside to older from, um, Sufjan. Aside, aside from the song "Feudal Devices" on Age of Ads, I'm not terribly into that album. Uh, but oh, uh, oh no, you got to listen to contemporary Sufjan. I think it's way better. Really? Honestly, in my I was a huge yeah, fan of like Illinois and Seven he, Swans he, and shit. Yeah, that's all good. It's great, but he's just a better lyric writer now. Like he just writes such beautiful lyrics these oh, really? days. They're a little bit. They're they're good. He's a great lyric writer on the other albums too, but you know it's nice that he stopped relying on when he stopped relying on just like writing albums about states and like having to. Right. Think he's like fuck, fuck this idea, and he just like went off. I, you know, like I don't think Carrie and Lowell has some of the greatest lyrics I, I've ever seen. And he just put out like this new song, Olympus, and oh my okay. god, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant songwriter, brilliant lyric writer, and I think he really hit his stride with uh, Carrie and Lowell, and I think he's been carrying it forward ever since. With lyric writing, like I'm actually really like the Planetarium album that he made with. Uh, he made a Planetarium album. Wow. Yeah, it's a really beautiful album. Alex that, would like, pick draws, the Christmas draws album. Draws in all the draws in the all these metaphors about life and what God is and what we all are and and what you know love is and it just like it's themed around the different planets and the and the and the mythologies around the planets themselves and even like unbelievable the that's so of cool. Them. It's like a phenomenal album, and it's like got who else is doing? It? There's He's like good at concept albums. Dude. He he moves it. He, he did it with like three other people, so it actually okay. like there's like there's like electronics in it, and then orchestra in it. Like one person I know is in a modern um, symphony writer who worked with him, and then there's uh, the dude who plays guitar in the National also helped co-write it, and then another electronic guy did it. I don't remember everybody offhand right now. It's been a minute, but anyhow, National uh, Quiz has a really good question for you, Porter. Uh, he says a lot of people associate vaporwave with irony. What, if any, role does irony have in vaporwave today? Um, that's a good question, if not a little tricky to answer. I think. Can I say something really quick? The trickiest thing with that question is, yeah. first of all, what do people consider irony, and how they yeah. use that word? For one. Um, secondly. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for a second. Yeah, you know what I like about your that. your whole thing in general, Porter, is the idea. I think that the thing that makes you so interesting and appealing, honestly, about your uh, about uh, you know your about your portrayal of what you do is like using irony as a medium for sincerity. Does that make sense? Like you come I in, that. like I've that's exactly what you do. You nailed it. That's, yeah, that's, dude. Like you come in with an ironic idea, and it becomes a sincere thing that's compassionate. Right. It's like you fool people. people into playing the it's game really and go. Like, now you learn a new why, truth. Yeah, I think that's why it works so well. And it's just like because that's like, man, that's like you really, you really skirted that line, like, elegantly. <laughs> like it is like I perfect. Explain how Porter Vong started. Please, and like please, please do this. Because this ties into this. 
Let's hear so, it. Please do. PV was originally conceived as a satire of what I felt was going on in Vaporwave at the time. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah, here we go. We're on hot takes, baby. Yes, sir. So, go for it. Go I for it. Like, I felt like all I saw on my social media all the time was new release, new tape, buy this, buy that, promo, 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 promo. Now, I'm not saying, you know, promoting art is bad. The issue that I had was it felt like Damn! everyone was doing it the same way and not really like putting thought and authenticity into it just kind of like following the motions of oh this is what you do like you make a post like this and new drop hey guys come listen uh but the thing that bothered me the most was it felt inauthentic to me and i felt like a lot of people were in denial of that um putting too much stock into the oh I have fans and I have people engaging with my posts these are my friends and that kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning Chris but mm -hmm. um, Port, the, the idea for Porter Vong was I'm not going to pretend that I'm not here to sell you anything I'm going to put that first I'm going to put it straight up that I Porter Vong am here to shill mm-hmm and so I was kind of, how do I word this? I was kind of twisting what I felt like I saw because on the surface, Porter Vong is like here obnoxiously shilling, like he's clearly a salesman. His purpose is clearly to make you go to his SoundCloud or, or to mm -hmm. make you engage with his things. But what I was actually doing underneath was um, finding that place for sincerity and building those connections and I feel like people started to recognize that because in the beginning a lot of people really hated Border Bomb Interesting. Just, like didn't know how to receive oh. it interesting I feel like you ran yeah. with what some of the early Vaporwave artists like uh, didn't you mention um, Internet Club the other day Redefining the Workplace Was I think we were talking about that in Utopia is... District one of my favorite Vaporwave albums and uh, Internet Club was what led me to make the Vaporwave alias I had for like four years, Metaprise Applications. Mm -hmm. Before that, I had just, I had never even had a concept of doing that with music. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just what's been fascinating about Vaporwave in general for me is so much of it is like, wow. I, I never thought of music that way before. I never thought of um, what OPN calls the extra musical elements, mm. the things around the music, you know, context, timing, et cetera, et cetera, presentation, delivery, and how right. all those things affect the, the music itself. Vaporwave just really turned music on its head for me. And yeah, Internet Club was definitely a shining example of that. There is always kind of like a mysticism about certain concept albums that just really add to like the depth and the experience and just the the immersion. Well, the thing I, is, guess. I don't even know that I can call it a concept album, and this is what's interesting in Vaporwave. I mean, you could make the argument that 
everything as a concept album. True. But then at the same time, uh, you know, when I think concept album, I generally think kind of the old idea of a specific narrative that the artist kind of imposes and it's sort of like there's no two ways about it this is the story of the album like this mm -hmm. is what it's about there's something like redefining the workplace it's it's a very loose concept if that makes sense you know it's it's almost yeah. more of a motif mm -hmm. theme i would True. say rather than a concept lore the wiz has a really cool comment it's a Kind of long. He says, it was amazing when Porter Vaughn was becoming hyped before doing any releases. He was cultivating character and lore, and it was so cool that there was no product yet. Uh, it was yeah. let let of the charm to the cell. So much foot in... Quiz, help me out here. Um, you really used, like, vaporware, in a way, to yeah. make Vaporwave. You know? Funny. The multi-level marketer of uh, Vaporwave right here. And that's actually that's a really good point. Uh, Wiz put that in really the best well. way possible. I never thought of it that way before, but that's so true. It was like the whole first days of Porter Vong there were all about right. getting people behind Porter Vong and just like I was saying before about the music. The music just kind of came one song at a time, and and it wasn't even leading up to an album. It wasn't like this is a single promoting an album. It was just like. New seminar, new secret of success. I love that. Well, we had a conversation about that not long ago. Apparently, singles is the way to go right now. I mean, that's what you do, right, Chris? Singles? Um, yeah, it's just because like I keep putting off the album. <laughs> like, so it's just easier. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I, I keep putting off like finishing the album. Um, so I've uh, yeah, I've I've put out a lot of singles, and fortunately, I can usually find there's usually like a compilation that's coming out anyway that's asked me to participate. Like. You know, like Vapor Pop or... Oh, know, yeah, that Vapor Pop album. Sick. Yeah, man, I got a song. Yeah, that, like, yeah, so, like, yeah, I've put out a lot of singles, I think, lately. Uh, yeah. It's just easy. It's just, it's just something to, you know, you're still doing something. You can still promote it. And, you, you know, it's, um, it's fine. You know, it keeps you in the logarithms, you know. Well, I have a question for you, Porter. Since you are kind of... Since the whole concept of Porter Vong is kind of predicated on a reaction to maybe like embodying the what am i trying to say you took an aspect of vaporwave promotion and you took it to the nth degree right and you made like lemonade out of lemons is there any act in the scene that um you don't don't name names but like is there any any like overrated act that you want to mention like what is an example of what is my question what is an example of like vaporwave done wrong i guess is what i'm trying to say Oh, is there ooh. is there no names, but like, is there any examples like that ideas, you, you mean? yeah, like, why do you dislike the like most overrated act? I guess you could say. I really don't want to like. I really don't want to sound like I'm copping out of this question, but I don't know that I have someone that comes to mind as like, oh, I think they're overrated or. I don't really have that. So Porter Vong wasn't a reaction to like something that you saw and just didn't really particularly like. Yeah, no, no. See, um, Porter Sounds Vong, like you... where, where what I was reacting to wasn't actually coming from any of the the big artists. Okay, I, I was reacting. I misunderstood. That's to, me. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like what was happening was all of the small artists were trying to emulate 
what they felt they had to do to you know get on that grind and okay move towards where okay you see these bigger you, you know, that's that goes, yeah and that, that kind of goes back to what i was what I was saying at the top of the show was you know when you just like you're getting on that grind and now you're you're just you're just losing yourself you know what i mean because you're just trying to get attention likes admiration <laughs> whatever man like and then it's just you're just you're just not looking at anything else and you lose your voice as an artist and a per and as a person, <laughs> you know. I guess I, in my mind, for some reason, I misinterpreted, and I thought you meant that there was a specific artist that you thought was doing it wrong, and you wanted to maybe like kind of ruminate on what they were doing wrong, but make it funny. No, no. But my I bad. Never. My bad. I misunderstood. I, I just felt like so. Thank many you for clarifying that for us, uh, dummies like, like me. Yeah, no problem. They are naming names in the chat, unfortunately, but, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, Quiz had a good question. He always does. Yeah, he can I take does, this yeah, one? Sure. Yeah, please. Well, please. Yeah, go. Go for it. Um, Quiz asks at Bordevang, is the kind of behavior that PV was formed as satire still around? And if not, how is PV changing to address that? Um, so here's what's interesting. Is the behavior still around? Um, maybe. The truth is, I'm not paying attention to that anymore. And even if that behavior is still around, my feelings about it have changed. And I think one of the biggest changing points was Electronicon. Because before Electronicon and before Vaporwave just generally going live, uh, the the community always had the arguments and questions like, is this Vaporwave or not? Is Vaporwave good or bad? Um, is Vaporwave a movement or just a micro genre? Is it alive or dead? And those questions, don't get me wrong, I know those questions are probably still around in pockets, but what changed with Electronicon is that none of that mattered anymore. Right. None of it mattered. All that mattered was just kind of experiencing that culmination of these connections that some of us had had for years. And so um, as far as if that behavior still exists, I don't know. I'm, I'm not paying attention to it anymore and I just don't care because uh, I've mellowed out a lot and my priorities are different now. And Porter Vong has just grown so far away from being satire and just become so much more it's become a personal a deeply personal project for me you know I, I believe in Porter Vong it's not just a joke I mean there's a reason I'm still here doing this I love I that, that for you dude question, sorry I started like going on a tangent so I just kind of like cut myself off Uh, you want to say hi to Equip? Equip has just joined us. What's up, dude? Everyone claims that making music is just to get chicks. I love that. Um, do you want to name anyone? I really want you to sling some mud. Do you want to name anyone in all of music? Like outs? I know, Chris. You're, I know. Just let me. Anyone in all of music I'm ever. I'm so peaceful these days, too, now. <laughs> do like, you want to oh, name wow. anyone in the entirety of all of music that really just needs to stop? Like some bad behavior that you do not recommend they follow. 
Uh, like, who's the biggest douchebag in all of music? When did you become, like, the the more controversial one? I don't know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I, like, I've, like, become, like, so peaceful recently. I'm like, I don't know. I just, who you hate? <laughs> I'm, like, very peaceful these days. <laughs> like... I feel like I'm in a situation where like I'm blanking out because I'm in the moment of being asked, and then I'll think of an answer right away later. Um, Daniel says the ex lead singer of Trapped. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that's, right, right. Yeah, that's, Ch- child. You know, see, that's the thing. I, guy, if, if I really think about it, I'm only just going to come up with really obvious ones that everyone knows. All right. 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 Otherwise. I'm, I'm sure like, Chris has a better question. Uh, I'm just probably not paying attention. I, I think that um, I think that probably the issue with most of these very popular artists is the same issue. Um, I don't know them, but I bet like you got to have a pretty big ego to get to that point. And I guarantee a lot of them just don't think about other people that often. Or, you know, or, and I think that is the biggest issue with, you know, if we're talking about what's the douchiest behavior in music, I'm like, probably that. I bet a lot of those people use a lot of people, take people for granted. It's hard not to when you become very popular, you know, you know, so right. not, I wouldn't name a specific person, but I would say that if you ever start getting popular, you know, don't, don't leave your homies behind. Don't leave your your empathy behind, you know, don't leave your your. Stop saying I do it for the fans. The fans. Oh, I love my fans. I'm like, yeah, I know you love your fans, but they're people. You know, that's great. They're not just fans. They're people. You know. That's how I look at it. You know, fun fact about the richest man in vaporwave. Um, I actually have a list on paper that has the names of um, just people who have supported me. Um, people who I've developed connections with in vaporwave mm. uh, or people who have um, put the most energy into porter vong uh, the reason i have it on paper is That's because cool. when, once you get to like 40 or 50 people it's hard to remember every single name off the top of my head mm. but i i really do value it and appreciate it when someone is sitting there and it's like I'm, I roll with Porter Vong. Like, I support you. I support what you're doing. Just because in my life, I've had such a hard time socially, it really means a lot to me to be accepted and embraced. Um, but I've also had to learn how to really distinguish between what's authentic and what's not. Yeah. And you have to really make sure you, you don't get lost in it too much or yeah. start living like you owe the internet something uh-huh. or you owe people something because they're the fans they're the fans right they're they're people and anyone who goes out of their way to even just listen to what i do or interact with my tweets is a person giving time and energy and i i always imagine what if i was bigger or what if i do get bigger Mm -hmm. like a lot bigger what am i going to be like well what I hope I'm like is that person who still pulls up that paper list of those, you know, 30 to 50 people who supported me in the beginning and says, these will always be the number ones. These will always be the real winner circle. Yeah. Even if I had a million new followers. I love that. That's so warm and special, dude. 
Yeah. It's always really, mm-hmm. really meaningful whenever I meet people as well and I make connections and people like remember my name or whatever. And yeah. you know, I always it's try really to support as much as I can. So it's it's meaningful when people like you and Chris and you know, just other acts remember me as well as a fan. As a fan, you know, so Yeah, I feel the same way. I, That's I, the... Go ahead. No, 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 you go. I, I go, go, you go. Well, I, I was just gonna bring up Electronic Con again and how special that was because uh, actually <clears throat> Alex from Pacific Plaza made a good point about Porter Vong. He said meeting people and face revealing at Electronic Con was what really kind of drove the sincerity home. He did say yeah. that. And that is so true. And, you know, I think people who were watching me, whether they were fans or not, they needed that. Like, they needed to see that. And people who supported me, they needed to experience that. But most of all, I needed to experience that. I, I needed to, I need to be that close. And it's so frustrating for someone who's as reclusive and lonely as I am to be so far away from you all, because I always have to face the reality that everyone's on the internet and you could all forget me tomorrow. You know, the internet always makes it seem like you have more friends than you do. But in my case, I I work really hard to distinguish who's real and who's not and for the people who are real it it just it really really does mean the world to me i don't want to get overly sentimental but i I can't say it enough i I think of this all the time i think there are a lot of people in this specific scene that are very earnest and 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 vulnerable and they're their truest selves um but yeah there's some clout chasers and it's whatever you know I, i i wish them the best of luck with what they do but i feel like a lot of people here feel exactly like you do I feel like a lot of people feel whether they're like neurodivergent or they just have anxiety and depression issues or just have grown up around people and just didn't understand them i feel like this scene has done a lot for people it's like their second chosen family and it's yeah. super meaningful like i can say not to make this about me but i can say like of my own collective rosewood that i was in some very dark places before i met and uh joined and 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 made so many friends in the george clinton fan club and then the offshoot collective that we formed rosewood my mental health has never been better mm-hmm. and we talked about that on the fiber episode a little bit too the community is so important we really yeah. like sharpen mm-hmm. each other and we exhort each other and chris you're really good at this like just encouraging people sometimes with some tough yeah. love and sometimes just with well you know that's true. So let's talk about that for a minute. So yes, okay. So one skill that I, I ha- I'm pretty good at and have been good at and comes naturally to me is looking at people and seeing what makes them unique and special, seeing what they are capable of, like the special thing that they do so well and recognizing it and telling them it and encouraging it and, and, and giving them as much a platform as I can for it. Like, you know, telling them what they do. Like, I'm able to see people and what they do and, and how good they, they are at the things they do. And I, I, I feel for people who don't get recognition and are really good at stuff, right? I'm very good at that. But then you mentioned the tough love thing. So this is a problem that I've had for a long time and have we recently, you know, been getting better at, which is um, it is one thing to tell somebody they're great and you know give them adulation and explain to them why they're so special and what you see in them and what 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 they can do but you know 
you can't just yell and criticize and you know and be mean to them you know if they're not doing it because mm-hmm. you're not and you can't like say it's tough love because you're not considering their feelings you know you got to consider their feelings first and you got to you got to reach their heart first and be there first before you can actually get them to do other things that's actually the first thing you need to do so i've had a problem in the past where i would see somebody who was really great at something and i would see them not doing it and i would get mad at them and they maybe weren't doing that thing because they had another issue going on that's in a deeper level, right? That's their feelings and their heart. Maybe they're heartbroken for some reason or they're sad for some reason or they have anxiety for some reason. And just yelling at them to do the thing that they're special at, it's not going to work. It's not nice. <laughs> no, it's not nice. And I used to just be like, write it off, man. You got to put that shit aside and, and grind. And you'll feel better once you achieve. Uh, no, not true. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta work on the feelings first of people, and then once they feel better, then they can do better. And I know that now. And uh, or you know, yes. So that's what I mean. So that like I know you mentioned the tough love thing, and like yeah, I have been known for that. Um, but I don't know if that was always the best way to approach things. Now. Well, in your defense, Chris, I mean, yes. I agree with what you're saying that that isn't necessarily the best approach. Yeah. But uh, in your case, I think. If you ever were like that, where it comes from is you are just so passionate about supporting people and seeing the best possible version of them and and wanting them to to get to to wherever they're going. I I fully recognize that. I appreciate that. I'm sure a lot of people in the scene do too. I just think I've, oh, I've yeah. been a mean person. Sure. I think I've been a mean, I think I've occasionally been a mean person to people I care about because of that. And I didn't know it at the time. You know, that's a weird thing sometimes with like surge- being a surgeon and the training that comes along with being a surgeon is that you're like almost taught that to help people and, and you, you remove sickness and you cure people by literally fucking putting them to sleep and cutting them open and then mm-hmm. taking the thing out or fixing the thing right while they're like not even awake and mm-hmm. then saying goodbye and then like you consider that you're a good person and you're doing good things because you did that but you don't even know the patients really that well you meet them for a consult surgery maybe a follow-up and um and i think it confuses a lot of people who have surgical training they think that they're being good people because they do that but then they're like mean in their social life you know what i mean Interesting. and then they're like you know what i mean and like i recently you know i've been working on this a lot lately and uh you know and um i was recently put in like a group chat i don't even really talk to other surgeons i was recently put in a group chat with uh a bunch of them because a mutual person from my residency is getting married soon there's like 18 other of them in there and like they're, I don't know. They're mean. <laughs> like, I don't like it. <laughs> they're mean. I don't want to be in that group chat. I don't like it. I was actually well, literally at. I was literally at Michael's today, picking up. Um, I uh, I just got a very important a uh, uh, very important gift that the glass broke on reframed today. It means a lot to me. It's a very important thing. It was given to me by a person who's deeply significant to me, and uh, I just got it reframed, and. Um, I was getting it. Re- I was get picking it up, and the guy framing is like, "Oh, you're like, you're pretty nice for a doctor. Like, I would never guess you're because he saw me come in the scrubs and stuff. And he's like, "Oh, you're a doctor." He's like, "He's like, you're like a, you're nice. That's not like they're they're not usually like that." I'm mm, like, "That's interesting." I know now. I know. I know. Yeah. Yikes. Well, have you ever had people like? This might be a little personal. Have you ever had people like call you okay. out and just be like, "Hey, man, like you hurt my feelings," like, or do people yeah, just not usually I, say okay. anything? 
sometimes people don't say anything. They just yeah. don't say anything. Maybe they're afraid they're going to get steamrolled by me, and that's my fault. You know. I think I think a lot of people are afraid that they're going to lose like a valuable they, friendship or you know their their yeah, standing. Because I have a lot eyes. of value. Uh, I know I'm working on that. I, I didn't realize it because yeah, a lot of people don't. I got like one or two friends that do that. <laughs> Oh, that'll, like, that'll take you to task or whatever. Like hey, those are the they're... real ones, man, when they're like, and hey, listen, like, stop you your don't bullshit. Realize, and it just sucks because you don't realize how much you're hurting people sometimes. You don't even know. It sucks. It sucks to hurt people. Don't do it, guys. Yeah, no, it <laughs> well, they have to tell you that you're hurting them. They have to tell you that they're hurting. Not to victim them. shame. They, that but, sounds but like then, victim blaming. I don't know. But they have but to also, tell you. But also, you're the kind of person who doesn't even hear them, maybe, because you're just so used to helping people in a certain way. That you don't even hear it. Like, you got to actually, it's weird. Like <laughs> You actually have to do the work to get there. Sometimes. Dan, Daniel said that this is like a, uh, what did he say? This episode is like group therapy. I'm totally here for it. Yeah. I'm loving it, okay, too. Okay, cool. I'm glad you like it. Move, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I feel like uh, I feel like I have a lot of uh, hardball, like negative questions that I want to ask you, but I feel like you don't want to answer you can them. Do that? Uh, Who, me? No, uh, Porter. A Porter? Oh, like, what do you oh. mean? Like, uh, like, what's the worst live show you've ever attended? You really are like a negative Nancy <laughs> today, aren't you, Young? You're just, like really like so. Like okay, everyone's. You got let like me just Porter, tell everybody like the reason I like invited emotion, Porter. Vaughn. And you got me, who's like definitely like made some big changes in how they view things, and like <laughs> like what the fuck do you hate? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey Porter, who sucks? Um, listen, man. The reason I invited you on, besides the fact that you're a wonderful person and you have such skill and talent, is you got great taste in music. We geek out on Facebook all the time. You're always talking about. That's true. You yeah. seriously are one of the like five people. You, Chris, Droner, and maybe like Alex uh, Pacific Plaza. That I'm just like, man, oh, they got Alex. some great taste. Oh, in I music. love him. Shout out yeah, Alex. Yeah, he in the chat Alex, from Pacific Plaza. Music um, for sure. You don't have to answer that question if you don't want Look, to. Look, I I, ca- <laughs> I cast aspersions still. I'm not like I still like am me. I just I made fun of new metal earlier. Remember that. Okay, how about yeah. what's. Did you tell me what your favorite live show was already? You told me who you really wish you could see. Who's your? What's the favorite live show you've attended? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> favorite. Um, I, man, that's really tough. That's really tough because uh, seeing Jimmy Eat World was really important to me. So that has the importance factor. But then there's like seeing the blood brothers was yeah maybe the wildest energy uh, i've ever had yes sir yeah cool um george clanton was really good at electronic both the electronic cons though uh-huh. he yeah, for sure. puts on a show he He's puts so on the much kind fun. of show i'd like to put on that my official answer to that question would probably be the blood brothers though again just Dude. because there's kind of that extra bit of they're broken up and it's never going to happen again i remember when i saw them live i was like how do they have the energy to do this every night for like a few months this is fucking frenetic are they on something like the energy they need to do this is astounding i saw them during the young machetes tour which is like the tail end of their career so i missed burn piano island burn and um oh what was the one in between you know which one i'm talking about crimes Right, yeah. um, but but even then, I was just like, Jesus God, there's some energy in this room right now. Yeah, um, I think one of their big inspirations is a band called 
Behead the Lord, no prophet shall live. I don't okay. even know who that is. Behead wow. the Lord, no prophet shall live. Wow. Yeah, wow. me neither. Is that a post-rock band? I don't, I don't know who that is. I know people love to look stuff up. But apparently cool. Thank you. that's a band that's like a huge inspiration to them and a huge influence on the energy for their live show. So Jesus. you can remember that. Behead the Lord, no prophet shall live. Or maybe it's behead the prophet, no Lord shall live. Damn, say that three you times fast. Might have fast. that wrong. Woo! Okay. Well, man, that's a really good answer. I uh, kind of want to know your answers too, Chris. But for me, it would probably be Broken Social Scene. Because uh-huh. they're just fucking oh, amazing. Awesome. I saw them live twice. And I saw them during the self-titled album t- tour. Amazing show. Nice. One of the best shows I've ever been to has been Broken Social Scene. Um, obviously, George Clanton. I've seen him like seven times. Um, and then maybe I'm going to think of one later that I forgot. But surprisingly, Moom. I don't know if you ever heard of the Icelandic band Moom. Yes, very familiar with Moom. Surprisingly, sure. at the end of the Moom show for um, the Go-Go Smear the Poison Ivy tour, it was in a uh, venue in Austin called the... Um, I don't remember the name of it, but they had wooden floors and it was a second floor venue. And they just let out this like noise experiment at the end of their show that was extremely loud. It was like rattling the floors, unbelievably loud. For some reason, this cutesy little kind of micro, uh, you know, just clicks and, and just kind of folky Icelandic band had like the loudest sound I think I've ever heard at the end of their show. Um... Anyways, enough rambling. I want to know who your favorite bands were that you saw live or artists, Chris. Uh, uh, probably one of the best performances I ever saw live was um, uh, like at the drive-in '90s, 2000 oh, era was a pretty sick. good live performance. Amazing. Uh, they so were jealous. Really, yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, d- during that time period, during that time period in particular, I was pretty interesting to see them. They, we were, and, and also because it was a very small venue back then too. So like that was a quite a frenetic show. Really great performers. Um, also, there was a band called Q and Not You that used to be oh, very yeah. good when they were. Yeah, when they their first album, No Kill, No Beep Beep, when they toured for that, that was very good live performance. Um, and uh, let's see, who else has been a really fun live performance? Hmm. Uh, as for like a as for a non traditional live performance, but maybe like a. Um, like an electronic artist that was really fun to see was like actually Perturbator. Uh, I saw oh, I love Perturbator. Her. Love that guy. So Perturbator, I saw. Uh, you know, he performed in um, in the uh, the sanctuary of a church. So we have a venue in Philadelphia called the First Unitarian Church, and we usually they usually do the shows in the basement. But Perturbator played in the sanctuary, and you sat in the pews to watch it, and he had all his uh, various lights that would like glow and, and move to the music and it was like a pretty impressive <laughs> pretty impressive uh, uh, set of uh, I'm so jealous lights that would flash and move around I didn't even know that these they had these weird towers of lights and I, they made so many different patterns it was fascinating um, he was good I got to see Carpenter uh, Brood a couple for, times so I'm very jealous DJ, as for like a DJ who's maybe a more like uh, another DJ I, I really liked uh, Cashmere Cat when I saw him play and then play as well I'm trying to think of non-traditional because we talk about bands a lot, so I'm trying to think right. of like non-traditional yeah, things. Thank so you. Kurt Debater, Cashmere Cat was really good. As for DJ sets in general, um, Toki Monster was really good. Ooh, Toki Monster. Okay. She was very interesting. She really did bring you on a journey, and she did like, you know, obviously you go to an EDM festival, 
you don't expect them to DJ. It's not what's happening up there. You're, right. you're there for the lights. You're there for the lights and the and, and the, the, and the pomp and, and the pomp and circumstance and the connection with people and the fun mm-hmm. outfits and the, you know, and the, the revelry. The, you're there for the yeah, you're there for the bacchanal, right? Obviously, like bacchanal. those people aren't DJ. They're not oh, DJing. Man. Give me a break. No, of course not. But Toki Monster was in like another stage, and she's like, "Let me take you guys on a journey." And she did some fucking amazing shit. And I really didn't know where it was going to go, and it was beautiful. Uh, I have to pee so bad, but I need to bring up that Porter just dropped the hottest take. He said he's never listened to Boards of Canada ever. Never. Never. Bruh. You got, you got some splain to do, homework to do. They've always been in my awareness. We all have bands like that. We all have artists like that. Uh huh. Well, let me tell you, like, my hot take. Well, I barely have I Okay, people are going to kill me, but it's like, I've barely listened to Aphex Twin. Oh, I'm getting the fuck oh. up out of here. Barely. <laughs> barely listened to Aphex Twin. I never was, like, I never, I mean, I, I barely, barely listened to Aphex Twin. I never did until a couple years ago, actually, myself. Uh, so that was definitely another one for me. I, I skipped Aphex Twin for a long, long time. Um,. I will, guys. I'm going to. Li- I'm going to do it. Don't worry. It's but it's like what Porter says. Like I'm getting around to it. It sometimes there's stuff that I save, and I'm like, well, one day I'm gonna like dive right a deep dive into this. You know what I mean? One day I'll save it. I'm gonna do a deep dive. Yeah, another one for me like that uh, that I didn't. get Lux didn't until... listen to Apex B either. How about that, huh? Who? And Pacific Plaza. Pacific Plaza nope. and Lux Elite are both like, no, nah, I haven't really listened to that much. Oh, hold on. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. What yeah, another one I listened to uh, until a couple of years ago was uh, Bjork, actually. I had oh, never yeah. checked out her discography before. Mm. That, you know. That's great. Yeah, She's got, got there, a lot of interesting works. Yes. Yeah. You really do need to listen to Boards of Canada. Um, Boards of Canada is like maybe even one of the biggest reasons I even decided to start making electronic music. And. Um, because I was like, Boards of Canada was, was one of the first artists to, when you listen to the music, it was a different world. It's very, very much a, uh, a Vaporwave-inspired, a, a band that is a predecessor to Vaporwave. It's just the way it is, and there's like the vocal samples and the themes in the songs. The idea of the, what would, uh, um, I think what you were saying that um, One Trick said about the extra musical aspects of things, like Boards of Canada was very into that. And is it was very into that, particularly with the first few albums, you know, a lot of extra musical sensations, a lot of like, you know, this is is this an educational video, you know, that I'm watching, right? Is it like an educational video from a different dimension, and this is the soundtrack for it? Interesting, very interesting music. You should do yourself a favor and listen to. I would say music has the right to children is my favorite album. Me too. Maybe other people, yeah, you know, other people no, sometimes that's like Scotty. Chat, they did a deep dive on Coldplay. <laughs> Coldplay's oh, not funny. terrible. I mean, it ain't radio. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Coldplay's always. It's interesting. Coldplay's always getting this sort of. Uh, they're they're they occupy this space in music where like sometimes people are like, you know what? Not bad songwriting. And then sometimes people are like, fuck this. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I get like that too. Like there are there are sometimes when when I'm like every few years or so I'm like. Hmm. You know what? Time to revisit Coldplay, and I'm like, ah, oh, pretty good songwriting. I'm interested in this. And then there's other I times where I'm like, I yeah. And then have. there's yeah. 
Wait, well, who has times where I'm like, meh, what am I doing here? Then I, the problem with listening to too much Coldplay is that like for a minute you're like, this is good songwriting, but like you shouldn't listen to too much Coldplay. They don't deserve that much of your attention. No, like they don't. That's don't exactly listen. That's, don't that's do a deep dive into Coldplay. Saying. Like if you do, like I'm sure, like by like a few albums in, you're gonna be like. Why am I listening to so much Coldplay again? Like, I get it. Let me go back to find some inter- something else, you know? Who brought up Bjork while I was gone? Uh, Porter did. He said he's been doing some deep dives. I love Bjork. Bjork. What, do you have any favorite albums? I'm sure I just missed it. Um, no, not really on a favorite album basis with Bjork okay. yet. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I can say that I've heard enough that I, I get it and I have an yeah. appreciation and I understand why she matters. She she's she's not perfect, you know. She's said some controversial things, but uh, I mean, Vespertine was so important to me in undergrad, uh, and of course it's because it was produced by Matmos. I don't know if you guys remember Matmos. They were like kind of like a yeah, I do. Yeah, like micro glitch kind of plunderphonics. Just, you know, back when electronic music was super cold and futuristic. Matt Matt Most have, like, an eye patch. I don't know, actually. Lux has met Matt Most. Maybe she'll let us know. Let's look him up. Let's do it. I do remember that era era when electronic music was, like, Kid 606, you know? Yeah, dude, you remember, like, Venetian snares and shit? It was, like, like IDM. Oh, never mind. I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Matt Most is a duo. Never mind. I don't know who I was thinking it was, but I was like, I don't want to correct him. You, no. Oh, did just... Chris, did you see what Equip just said? They made an album with surgery sounds. That's so fascinating. Oh, how fun. I feel like I remember that, actually. Cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, how back when people fun. were making music from all kinds of different weird sounds and everything was, like, super clinical sounding. Um, yeah. Porter, do you have a favorite music genre? Like, besides Vaporwave? No, I mean, like, I wouldn't even say... <laughs> Vaporwave is my favorite music genre. Like for me, damn, where's my air? Vaporwave. I mean, obviously it's the one I'm most involved with, but I don't look at it like a genre anymore. And for me, right. it's bigger than music. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I don't. Uh, I really don't have a, a favorite genre. Like I just listen to way too much music. I feel like everyone says that, but uh, I, feel I, that. I really do listen to way too much music to the point where. I actually try to listen to less now and instead listen to music more intentionally instead of just being that person who needs to have music all the time. Because I used to be like that. When I was younger, I was that kid who always had the headphones, had to have them everywhere Me I too, went. Me too, dude. Me too. Uh, but now, to be honest, I actually get annoyed if I'm hearing too much music and I kind of just want to hear myself think and... I won't just put on music just because. I'll be like, okay, in this moment, I am intending to put on music, and you know, I'll pay attention to it, or I'll, I'll have a reason that I'm doing it, not just for the sake of it. But Shiro, listen, I respect I that. I'm gonna give you what you want, okay? Because you're in an extra hateful mood today. Oh, I feel so I bad. I give you my one of my least favorite. I'm in an extra things. playful mood. Let's go. Yeah, play, <laughs> playful. There you go. There we go, yeah. Um, What's your new metal? There's really not a lot of music that I would say I can't stand. There isn't really any music that I that I literally can't stand. But I think some of the worst music for me that I've ever heard 
that if someone puts it on, I actively want it to be put off is I think they call it future bass or whatever that damn son that Hmm. like music that I I actually Hmm. can't really allow myself to like keep listening to you mean like bass nectar and shit bass nectar would be bass music but that'd be like yeah no not bass nectar no it's it's a more there's a sound I'm pretty sure it's called future bass it's like Future base is pretty gen- There's some good stuff there. I just I can't. Know. I don't know. I'm. Oh, SCS9. Okay. It has this like melodic. I like. Like overly happy sound. I don't know. I'm. I can't think of how to explain it without. But like, not. EDM, I, I know right? what it is. I know what it is. It. I actually. There's some good future base. I would. Uh, I would definitely say. Like bubblegum like, bass or like hyper pop. No, 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 dude. He's talking no, about like Elenium no, and stuff like that. Okay. Huh. And yeah, and marshmallow or slushy. People want to know actually, if you yeah, like uh, crunk core. And honestly, I don't mind it that much. Honestly, crunk uh, core, crunk core, and bro country. Broken what do you think? Something? Yes, exactly like broken side. Uh, I never really <laughs> checked oh, that out, man. I, uh, it's all right. around, <laughs> he said it's all right. <laughs> oh man, what about bro country? Dan Mason's not really a fan. Oh wow, Equip is a broken side fan. Wow, I didn't see that going coming. Ognos Marshmallow is future base. Thanks, bro. You mentioned uh, Hyperpop, and that's something that I haven't written it off yet, but I've been having a hard time, like, really connecting with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's something where, like, I feel like I should like it, or, or I feel like on paper <laughs> it seems really, really cool to me, but... Listening to like a hyperpop playlist on Spotify, there's just this quality to it that's like there's this bratty MySpace scene kid thing going on. Like, that, like millionaires twenty twenty one. I was in high school and everyone was into <laughs> stuff like Hollywood Undead. I don't know. There's just like this yeah. tone to it, and it really puts me off. <laughs> and I, I wish I wasn't put off by it because the rest of it, you know, like the where they're going with sound design and, and you know the way they like do do pop music and bring that into it, I can roll with that. But then just yeah, you know what I'm talking about with kind of that bratty MySpace scene thing. I feel that. Those vibes. A lot of bit crushing and like like Alvin and the Chipmunks vocals going on. For better or for worse. Um, some cool shit going on in chat. Um, World of Equip says Broken Side is totally proto hyperpop. He also brought up Millionaires. I had mentioned them as well a minute ago. Uh, Actually, it's funny that I'm not really into hyperpop uh, because one of my favorite bands is Sleigh Bells. I love Sleigh Bells. Somebody asked about Sleigh Bells earlier. Was it you, Quiz? I thought I saw that, but I like I didn't really read it. I yeah, they said that but... first Sleigh Bells album kills. Do you like the new one? I actually really like the new one. I know um, Sleigh Bells is one of those bands that kind of dropped off for some people. I actually haven't heard I never the new one. I guess I need to check it out. Like they're that that's kind of hyper pop ish. I mean, like they were intentionally clipping all the time in the first album. They definitely, in my opinion, set the groundwork. Yeah, that was I mean, super ahead of its time. Alone, but like that, their sound is definitely a major <laughs> reference point. I think for kind of what would become hyper pop. Yeah, I, I I could agree with that. Um, hyperpop, I don't know, like the 
I was actually just talking with Lux about Charlie XCX today, and uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about most of her discog, but her her latest album is at least the one where she's on the bed with the camcorder is like kind of hyper pop ish. Um, I like it. Um, a lot of people say that like I like some of her music. Yeah, not yeah. And then the you know the other side supposedly the other like new wave of of that genre of music is like the deconstructed club sound where instead of the happy like uplifting like major sounds it's like very dark and cold and kind of scary and violent sounding. I really like that shit, like uh, the kind of stuff they're putting out on like Tar uh, out of L.A. Um, but uh, hyperpop's not for everybody. Um. I guess maybe if Watch you don't have a brought up uh, Vicky Leaks. Um, I just want to take this chance to say, even though she's kind of controversial, I've always been really into MIA. MIA is is honestly also kind of proto hyper pop ish in some ways. I would say. Yeah, Matangi is my favorite album. Love that album. Very, uh, bring very the noise. strong, it's an insane track. MIA, bring the noise. Listen to it. It's dope. It'll get you pumped. You'll start a revolution. <laughs> she definitely has. Uh, she definitely has a uh, like a jump up and and start fighting the power type of uh, energy to her. Um. Well, so you've uh, you've adequately described your favorite kind of music, uh, and thank you very much for taking the bait. Chris, are you frozen, or are you just deep in thought? No, I'm good. Okay, you're thought, good. So. All right, okay, no worries, man. I just thought maybe you were afraid. I was a little Sorry afraid you were... No, don't worry about it. Um, maybe, like, how do you know when it... Like, when you're listening to a new song, and you just get grabbed, like, by the heartstrings, or you hear something like, oh, damn, that's good. What are some things that you've noticed that tend to grab you? How do you know when a song is good? Um... Maybe some people would come at that with, like, a more objective answer or a set of criteria. I mean, for me, it's just pure instinct and feeling. I mean, mind you, it depends on what my intention is listening to it beforehand, you know? Like, am I listening to it to to intentionally make a decision about whether it's good or not? Um, I don't know. That's... Sorry to cop out on you. It, but no, you're not copying me, out. I guess the answer is just if I hear it and I feel it, that's what will make it good to me. I know for me, a, a melody is really important. Um, but yeah, I agree. You just kind of you kind of know it. Um, well, we're we're winding down. We're at the last ten yeah. minutes. Um, if you want, we would like we like to end every episode with a small little shout out session. Um, I'm sure Chris and I both have a few things to say, but we want you to have the floor yeah. uh, to say whatever you want, to shout out anyone you want, to basically just no holds barred. You can uh, you can send us out. Okay. Well, I want to give a shout out to the Winter Circle, naturally. Who else? Um, deserves that acknowledgement first for me has to be the winner's circle has to be my friends and any fans people who've supported me um because i've just had such a hard time in my whole life as i was talking about before 
experiencing connection and really feeling like I had a tribe or people I belonged with. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I try to be conscious of not getting attached to the internet and engagements and likes and all of that and followers, it does still mean a lot for me uh, when people you know, maybe message me to see how I'm doing because there have been a bunch of people who do, they do check on me. They have checked on me. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot to me. That's great. That is really great. Absolutely. Says they appreciate what I do or they think I bring something cool to Vaporwave. Um, it means more than you can ever know. And really the last thing I want to say is that, uh, Electronicon was so special for me, not just because of what it did for me, but I just think you're all so cool and so special. And yeah. like, I would give anything for all of you to feel like, hey, I I belong here, and I can do something that matters. Um, I have a place. I can go where I can express myself and be part of it. Yeah, uh, I, I, would, I would want that for any of you. Yeah. I and thank love you. that. Honestly, thank you. I love that. This scene has grown so much in the last couple of years since Econ. Like, shout out George for definitely kickstarting that close-knit community. And others, of course, too. But, you know, the Electronicon definitely was like a, like for me, like a hallmark moment. Yeah, no, for me, too. And uh, on the flip side of that, it was it was a huge rug pull when COVID happened and we lost Electronicon 3. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully all that will be over with sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do you want to shout out anybody else or did you have any other parting uh, words before we um, do our little wrap up? No, I you know I, I think that was kind of a, a good umbrella statement. Uh, I mean, I'm the kind of person if I shared out one person, then I'm worried about making sure I remember right. all the rest. Right? That's adorable. So that's just kind of my message to the world to everyone and to the people here yeah you want to go first chris oh for for shout outs yeah man anything you want to say anything yeah. you want to promote yeah no um yeah first of all i'm gonna say that i did pause for a second there and i was like in my own head for a second because honestly i'm doing the feelings thing a lot more these days and sometimes i just get hit with like a, a shock of anxiety of like am i making a fool of myself like, and you gotta like pull yourself out of that and be confident yeah. and be like oh my You're god not. like am I making myself too vulnerable to people and I like you shake sometimes like oh my god maybe like I look like an idiot you know but don't do that take a deep breath it's okay kids uh, anyhow uh, what I have to promote is um, a new skeleton lipstick single um, uh, Catholic blood and then that's mm -hmm. on the Novatone uh Novatone's orb, uh, compilation, the Orbit series they do, uh, and um, 
then also the vapor pop compilation has addition on it and of course terminally chill is going to be september 2nd at the barbary uh 10 p.m to 2 a.m it will feature myself uh my little sister fanta cat from terminally yes. norcal and uh of course uh fiber will be there as well yes mm-hmm. at the barbary in philadelphia wish i could be there mm-hmm. i do have one more thing actually. yeah please do um for anyone who maybe wasn't tuned in earlier um i will be dropping a new secret of success this week and starting yeah. from there. but the other thing uh, i'm going to let the people here know first before i bring it to my social media is the first mixtape i did you can have it all at the end of the month it will be temporarily coming down from band camp temporarily mm-hmm. not for long um hopefully you know i'm i'm not gonna have it gone for maybe more than a couple months tops but uh it's mm. going to be getting a reissue there's yes least, uh three three new songs included on it and i'm debating whether to put a couple more in or not yeah that's going down uh i'll address this later on my social media when the time comes good, yeah, for, good. for any clients uh who want to be in the know for that you can have it all will be coming down at the end of august follow the man Temporarily. you heard it here first <laughs> all right well um we are so happy that you joined us tonight i am going to really quickly drop a link in the chat for the official hot takes spotify playlist if anybody's ever been interested in listening to what chris and i are listening to what i'm listening to and a song from everybody that's been on our show plus a couple recommendations check out the official hot takes spotify playlist it's also in our link tree um follow listen let us know what you think favorite songs whatever uh link is in the chat yes that's right jez um i was on dj non's luxury aesthetics online a couple weeks ago forgot to mention that at the end of the last episode played a couple of favorites uh, shout out DJ Non for interviewing me. And I got a couple sets coming up here pretty soon. I got a uh, a little something I put together for uh, Codex Boy Encyclopedia Sight Sounds and Conversations event coming up here pretty soon. It's a deep house slash down tempo set. A lot of good stuff. Uh, got a set I'm going to be working for for the upcoming Homesick Fest for Halloween. Thinking maybe some dark synth. And uh, just got invited for another event. Don't know if it's public yet. Working on a little bit of that deconstructed club type vibe for another event that's being put on by a, a close uh, close Rosewood homie and somebody who actually was in chat with us tonight. Got some good names on that lineup. Uh, that's going to come out, I think, October as well. And finally, uh, y'all know T-Chill's coming back. We actually have a live event in Phoenix. Hopefully that's still on in mm-hmm. October as well. Live event in Phoenix being put on by uh, uh, people affiliated with the VA10 Association. Uh, and I've been invited to uh, to spin. I'm going to be putting a vapor trap set together for that. So excited about spinning IRL again. And I actually am meeting a friend to buy some new uh, DJSRs tomorrow night. So The FOMO is killing me right now. Dude, mm. I honestly am so worried about the Delta variant. But, I mean, like Chris said, you know, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be masked up, but uh, I'm going to yeah. perform for sure, for sure. Um, get your Fauci ouchie, as B would say. Mm. Not to be political, yes. but... Yes. Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Porter, thank you so much. 
The hype has been unreal around this episode. We're so glad that you were here. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. Please meet us here in a couple of weeks. What will that be? August 30. Uh, Don't know who we're going to have on yet, but you know it's going to be good because it's hot takes, baby. Um, Mm -hmm. We love you guys very much. I love you, Chris. I love you, Porter. I love all you guys in the chat, and I thank you so much uh, for being here with us tonight. Uh, Episode will be up on YouTube and all streaming services in a couple of days. And for now, good night. All right. Good night, guys. Bye. Good night.